Well, ju I just returned from our annual youth group mission trip, and thanks to Karen Goodsight, our youth director, and all the people that were involved, it was a wonderful, excellent success. But of course, while I was down there, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say this weekend for the, our parish feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And then I realized that I was going to be in the car for extended periods of time with some youth who were from our parish. So I thought I'll ask them, what do you know about the Immaculate Heart of Mary? And they said, well, not really anything. <laughs> and one of them said to me, well, I was in Immaculate Heart of Mary grade school for eight years and nobody ever even taught us what the Immaculate Heart of Mary was. And so that's exactly what you want to hear when you're a pastor, of course. So I said, uh, well, what do you want to know about the Immaculate Heart of Mary? And they said, well, just what it is. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today, quite simply. What is the Immaculate Heart of Mary? So, of course, when we talk about the Immaculate Heart of Mary, we begin by understanding that the Church has very ancient teaching, which was made into a dogma in 1854, that Mary is the Immaculate Conception, which means that she was conceived without original sin, and that she never committed any other sin in her life as well. So that's the simple answer. We say the Immaculate Heart of Mary because Mary's heart was without any kind of sin. But now let's go deeper. What, what are we really celebrating today? What is it that we're holding up about the Immaculate Heart of Mary uh, on this feast day? On Friday, when we were on this mission trip, uh, Father Michael Hennigan, who I'm sure you all know, he's a son of the parish, he was down there with us, and he had Mass for us and for the uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus. And he asked our youth two questions. So I'll ask you the same two questions and see if you can answer uh, as well as our youth did. As you know, uh, if you know Father Hennigan, you know this, that he loves country music. And uh, so he said... In when music, when you're thinking about music, not just country music, but across all genres of music, what is the number one topic that most songs are written about? Love. love. That's exactly right. Number one is love. But then he said, what is the number two most common topic that songs are written about? Loss of Sorry? Loss of love. Loss, grief. That's exactly right. Sorrow, breakup heartbreak, right? That's the number two thing that songs are written about. And you can say, in a broadly speaking, uh, that all of our experiences as humans can be categorized under these two headings, love and sorrow. And the, the great thing about the Immaculate Heart of Mary is she shows us how to deal with these two parts of our lives. So, kind of the good and the bad. Let's start with the bad. Because our hearts are kind of messed up, broken by the original sin, we don't really uh, feel sorry the way that we should. We might say, well, I know I drank too much the other day, or I told a lie, or I gossiped about someone behind their back, didn't go to Sunday Mass, but, you know, I didn't really hurt anybody. God's going to forgive me. And we often do not feel as sorry as we should. We do not grieve the way that we should about our sins. But the Immaculate Heart of Mary is never like that. Now, of course, she didn't commit any of her own sins, but she still 
feels this great sorrow, this great grief over other people's sins, over the evil that is part of the world. If you've ever seen a depiction of the, uh, both the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary, they're always pierced. Mary is by a sword, Jesus is by a lance, right? And, and they're both always crowned with thorns. Why? Because their hearts are so perfect, so completely in, in union with God, that they grieve more, are more sorry over our sins than we are ourselves. And we might say, well, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could really hate what is evil and, and be sorry for my sins. Well, the Immaculate Heart of Mary is a symbol of hope for us because it reminds us that someday in heaven, our hearts will be as imperfect attunement with God's will as Mary's is. And even now in this life, the, the, the more we work to be like Mary, the holier we become, the more virtues we have, the more our hearts will hate sin and hate what is evil. Now, if Mary's heart uh, has the proper response to what is bad, all the more it has the proper response to what is good. She knows more than any of us how to love. See, all uh, again, we, because we are kind of messed up by the original sin, you might go outside uh, in the evening and see a beautiful sunset or walk down to the beach and look out over the waves of the ocean. Or somebody might come up to you and say a kind word to you. But if you're in, in the, not the right kind of mood, if you're in a bad mood, you can totally miss all of the power and joy uh, that comes from those experiences. You might say, you know, just go away. I'm not in the mood uh, to talk to you right now or something like that. That is not the way that we should respond, but it is the way that our hearts are sometimes because of original sin. Mary's heart has never been like that. Her heart always responds exactly as it should to goodness and truth and beauty with perfect love, right? Remember when her cousin Elizabeth greets her and both of their children leap in their wombs. Mary is just so filled with love and joy that she comes out with this great hymn, the Magnificat. Like, where did she pull that out of? It's because her heart is always so perfectly attuned to what is good and holy and is, is godly, right? She is the perfect, again, example, the, the great hope for us. We might say, I wish that I could love that way, that I was in, in attunement with God's will that way. Well, someday in heaven, our hearts will be. And again, the more we model ourselves after the Immaculate Heart of Mary and grow in holiness here in this life, the more our hearts will respond properly to all that is good and true and beautiful. Because ultimately, the real goal, the real purpose that Mary's Immaculate Heart has is just one thing, and that is to love Jesus Christ. Right? That, you can really say that everything that Mary did in her life boils down to just that one thing, to love her son, Jesus Christ. And that is all that we are called to do in our lives as well. That's the one goal that we should all have, to love Jesus Christ with our whole hearts. Now we might say, you know, I, I love my spouse with my whole heart. I love my children or my best friend with my whole heart. How can I also love Jesus Christ with my whole heart? But see, that's the great thing. Because Jesus is God, he is never in competition with these other people in our lives. 
As Christians, we know that the whole purpose and goal of our life is to see in other people Jesus Christ. And the more that we're able to see Jesus Christ in my spouse, my children, my friends, my neighbor, and love him, the more we will be able to love those people as individuals, the way that they should be loved. So you see, Mary is really the example for us of how to be human, how to respond properly to what is good and bad in the world, to both love and sorrow. And she's also the one who really points out to us the purpose, the goal of our life, to love Jesus Christ. That is what the Immaculate Heart of Mary really means. That's what we are really celebrating today, I would say. And so if you're ever on a mission trip with me, I don't want, you, I want to hear you say, I don't know what the Immaculate Heart of Mary is. You know, now you know. But hopefully what we all will do is to grow every day in our imitation of, our devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary so that we may fall more and more in love with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Immaculate Heart of Mary.